This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Uncovered, the podcast series that goes behind the headlines to give you an in-depth look at the stories that matter. I'm Kelly Crichton, and on each episode of Uncovered, I'm joined by the National World Reporters, who are working to bring information to light and hold those in power accountable. We reveal the journalistic work that goes into the team's investigations and highlight some important stories we think you need to know about, but have gone uncovered in the wider media. Today, I'm joined by Ethan Schoen, investigative reporter with National World, to talk about how councils across the country have spent in excess of £27 million producing bids for levelling up funding in recent years. Despite this, many of these already cash-strapped councils will not have received a penny in funding. Hi, Ethan. Take us back to what the idea of levelling up is all about and how councils have come to be in this position where they have to bid for funding. Hi Kelly. So levelling up was, was I guess the cornerstone concept of of Boris Johnson's premiership, and mm-hmm. and was considered by many after the fact to have been you know a big part of kind of why and how he was able to uh, secure the you know the so called red wall, mm. and as a result the the kind of sizable majority that he won at the the twenty nineteen election. While you know the agenda cuts or or kind of perhaps past tense cut across most government departments. From from a policy perspective, it was centred around what, what used to be the Department for Housing, Communities and Local Government mm-hmm. and was then renamed the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people in local government were a bit concerned about them being cut off the end of that, uh, of that department. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, I guess the central idea is that you know, parts of the country, particularly London and the South East, mm. have seen more investment and as a result enjoy um, better infrastructure and, and, and other things mm-hmm. than other parts of the country. You know, we often think of levelling up as being centred around uh, post-industrial towns, particularly yeah. in, in the Midlands and, and in the north of England. Uh-huh. So the idea is, was and has been to kind of level up so to speak, those areas that have been left behind. I mean, it, it is kind of a new formulation in a more um, positive framing okay. of that old idea of you know places being left behind, mm-hmm. but but yeah, approach from this positive perspective of kind of what we do about that regeneration um, for want of a better word. They don't use, really use that word anymore, do they? No, yeah. th- th- I think it, it you know it has very much become a quite a key concept in our kind of political vocabulary. Okay. You know, at first people kind of. Um, I, you know, I think I remember at first people kind of questioned, you know, what does it actually mean? And I think yeah. there are still some valid questions about that. Mm-hmm. But it has really worked its way into our kind of yeah political lexicon. And it, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's probably there to stay for, for a while. But I suppose people probably thought that about regeneration and, and other terms yes. uh, at various points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in practice, we could talk a bit more about, about the specifics of this. But what it's involved, um, certainly as far as the Department for Leveling Up is concerned, is a number of initiatives, a number of kind of, funding pots that were ring-fenced for kind of specific projects with, with a certain set of criteria. So it, it may be that the, the funding was available to improve the high street in yeah. your town. Mm-hmm. So these funds collectively are worth, you know, billions and billions. We're talking about a pretty significant amount of money, mm. albeit spread across 
um, potentially most of of, of England. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about these these bids and, and about these funding pots is, and what we've explored in this kind of project is the fact that most of them were were only available through a competitive bidding process, mm-hmm. and that's that's come under some criticism, which I think we can probably kind of. We can probably move on to a bit kind of later in this conversation, mm-hmm. uh, but that but that's kind of yeah that that's what leveling up uh, certainly was and, and to some extent continues to be. I suppose it remains to be seen how much the current administration um, remains wedded to that as a as a kind of key goal of government. So the reason we're talking about this today really is there's been quite a bit of criticism of the way that councils have been asked to apply for this funding. And we've had leaders from different parts of the country come forward in recent weeks to say that the process is flawed, that smaller councils are at a disadvantage, that it pitches town against town. Tell us about the criticism it's facing. I mean, it's interesting. I think for quite a while now, there are people have had issues with different aspects of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I cast my mind back to probably... Certainly, when one of the funds, uh, one of the big funds, the Towns Fund, uh, when when the first recipients mm-hmm. of that were announced, we did some analysis that showed that um, labour-controlled areas and uh, areas in 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 the north of England had been kind of, you know, kind of left out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this was around the time of the um, Hartlepool by-election, which which, uh, which was kind mm-hmm. of one of the the big kind of first tests of. Um, of Keir Starmer's yeah. leadership of Labour, and one of the one of the kind of an, another one of these terms that became quite commonplace in political discourse around that time was pork barrel politics. This idea that mm-hmm. you know certain places which are controlled by political allies of, of the governing party receive favourable treatment when it comes to funding and things like that. Uh-huh. So that's been one variety of criticism that's been levelled against mm-hmm. these these funding pots. And I suppose without commenting on whether or not that any kind of you know corruption or anything like that has taken place it's certainly um, you know, we've uncovered no evidence to suggest that okay even a scheme that is open to that criticism being leveled at it you know that has flaws because it, people you know lose faith in it and people have their their concerns about it beyond that mm. with the way that these initiatives have been largely structured there is a, a concern that when you have a system whereby councils have to bid against one another you know inevitably Certain councils that are, you know, perhaps better resourced, mm. better equipped to put together a good bid, may end up, you know, winning funding in place of a council which is perhaps actually in greater need, yeah. but is not as, um, you know, well disposed to to put together a decent bid. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, additionally, there are a lot of people who, particularly while the agenda of kind of devolution has had a lot of uh, kind of lip service in, in the last few years. There are a number of regional leaders, so particularly kind of directed, directly elected mayors mm. like um, Andy Burnham in, in Greater Manchester or, or Andy Street in the West Midlands and, and I think more recently Tracy Brabin in West Yorkshire who feel that this idea that councils put together these bids based on quite a specific set of criteria to access funding and then they get sent off and, you know, people in Whitehall effectively decide which bids are worthwhile and who should get money and who shouldn't. Yeah. There's definitely a feeling that that goes against the principle of devolution, which which is centred around this idea, really, that you know people in places and kind of embedded in those places have a better idea of how resources should be put to use in their area. So I think those are the kind of the main strands of criticism. And what we've certainly focused on is the very substantial and, and certainly for some local authorities, kind of unbearable cost mm of actually producing these bids, mm-hmm. particularly when, in many cases, the, the money spent, the time spent, uh, the internal resource put into these bids mm-hmm. 
ends up being kind of almost completely wasted, really, if, if the cash isn't awarded. Mm-hmm. Here's a clip from a recent select committee where Andy Street, the mayor of the West Midlands, talks about how this process does not support devolution and local decision making. Point at stake here is what's the principle of devolution? Surely the principle is that there is a direct election in, I think, each of our cases amongst nearly three million people. We're put in place, uh, we lay out our plans, but then what happens despite all of that, the decision making actually still rests in London. That is not devolution. It goes against the principle of better decisions are taken closer to the scene of the action. And so I think the real issue here is if you trust people with these roles uh, and then you hold them to account with the electorate directly, then actually you need to entrust them to take the right decisions, not in a sense have their proposals marked by uh, civil servants and ministers in London. And just this might seem a cheeky thing to say, but I do feel this very strongly. It seems to me there has to be better value added from central government officials looking at issues that are of much greater significance to the country than, frankly, how relatively small sums of money are spent across each of our regions. Yeah, so you've carried out some research into, you've contacted a lot, all the councils in England, is that correct? Tell us what you found in that research. Yeah, so the way that we, we did this was to utilise kind of freedom of information requests. So we sent out freedom of information requests to all upper and lower tier local authorities in England. So I think about 333 authorities uh, we FOI'd and we got responses back from from a kind of a sizable majority of those of, of around 245 mm-hmm. I think there's reason to believe that many of those that didn't come back to us perhaps didn't come back because the request wasn't really relevant to them. Perhaps they'd not put any bids in at all for anything. Uh, Some confirmed that they hadn't bid for anything, but a number of those that didn't reply may not have done. So we had responses back from all of them. And and what we asked was, based on four of the main funding pots that have been available, so that's the Future High Streets Fund, um, the Leveling Up Fund itself, which is kind of the the centrepiece, the... Uh, community renewal fund and then the town's deals or, or town's funds we asked them basically how much money have you spent producing bids for these various funding mm-hmm. pots and then sec- second to that kind of how much of that money has been spent on external consultants mm-hmm. and so what we found was as you kind of alluded to in in the intro there is that in total based on the information we got back which isn't a complete picture mm-hmm because some councils didn't respond mm-hmm. and some people weren't able to give us a full estimate of their costs. But we're talking about, you know, at the very least, kind of just over £27 million spent across local authorities on producing these bids. Mm-hmm. And that's at a time when council local authority budgets are, are very much stretched, mm-hmm. when, you know, many are struggling to to meet the kind of service demands that are, that are required of them particularly social care costs, mm-hmm. have skyrocketed for local authorities in, in recent years. And so the money that's been kind of spent, this is since 2019 mm-hmm. for the most part, much of it more recently than that, a little bit more recently than that. But those are the, that's the kind of headline figure. Yeah. Um, and of that, the vast, vast majority, I mean, you're talking about around 26 million of that, um, is spent on external consultants. Um, the, that figure is such a large proportion of the overall mm-hmm. figure not because councils haven't really spent any internal resource whatsoever on producing these bids. It's because in most cases, councils weren't really able to estimate okay. their staff costs, for instance, okay. involved in putting together these bids. So if we were to if we were to uh, get a true figure, yeah. 
that included, you know, the amount of time that, that people employed directly by the council spent on producing these, it would almost certainly be, you know, quite an awful lot higher than 27 million, I would suggest. Okay. And are councils paying out of their own budgets to prepare these bids or is there some sort of funding available to them? <laughs> funding for funding. Uh, funding for funding. Yeah. yeah. It's like a kind of Russian doll, I suppose, isn't it? Yes. Just like, you know, funding for... Um, I mean, I guess, yeah. So from our figures, about half of that 27 million came directly from council figures, okay. uh, council budgets. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, worth stressing that, that that doesn't include the internal resources yes. being used. And whether it's kind of elected councillors or whether it's um, council officials, mm-hmm. we'll always tell you that, you know, the nature of local government, certainly at the minute, is that if someone is working on something, it, it very much means they're not working on something else. Yes. Um, and that something else is, is likely, you know, quite important. But yes, the other chunk of that money, roughly about half of our figures, came from central government okay. and was provided to, in theory, the, the areas of, of the highest priority okay. for this funding. Now, a number of councils did raise concerns about how it was determined, this kind of level of need mm-hmm. and how they were ranked. I mean, I spoke to a couple of figures in, in local government who had quite serious concerns about the fact that they'd been ranked in the second tier of need based on what they saw as quite a, a flawed method of kind of ascertaining that need okay. and that's been a concern that a number of councils have had throughout this process that I've yet to see evidence that that's been really addressed in a kind of satisfactory way mm. so yeah uh, in short about half of that money that we can point to with certainty came from um, central government but there is a large amount beyond that that councils have had to spend of their own resource. It is a little bit mind-boggling when you consider that they want people to apply for funding and then assess them on how much they need it, as it were, but yet seem to have an opinion on how much they need it by what tier they place them in in the first place. So it's, it's yeah. Do we know exactly how much money has been wasted in these unsuccessful bids? Yeah, so, you know, again, I, I know I keep kind of saying this, but I think it is worth bearing in mind that these are very much low-end estimates yeah. um, of, of, a, of a true figure, which which unfortunately we, we don't know because of the, the, the difficulties in, in truly assessing that. But certainly we can account for kind of £5 million mm. or so worth of bids that were, were totally unsuccessful. Now, some local authorities will stress that the work put into these bids isn't entirely wasted. Mm. So if, for instance, they've asked for surveys to be done of a certain piece of land, then Perhaps that survey will come in handy in a couple of years' time if there's another opportunity to bid for funding on a, on a similar criteria yeah. or if the council decides that they want to fund a development from, from their own budget. Okay. So I think the term wasted may not apply to all of that, but by the same token, it certainly applies to some of it. Yeah. And it will be money that has been spent from council budgets within a, a time period where they really didn't have a great deal of money to, to spend on things that didn't mm-hmm. Yield a you know a return that they could they could kind of point to and it felt tangible to them. So you talk, we're talking about at least five million, not including internal resource. Mm-hmm. And I suppose what some councils have also stressed is that it's important to kind of try and factor into this, although we can't quantify it. The councils that didn't have the funds to risk and so didn't bid, and so it's kind of it's almost kind of potential wasted, I suppose, rather than money. The councils that would have felt that they could really benefit from this money but just that felt that they really couldn't risk spending you know what might turn out to be upwards of you know 150 200,000 pounds on 
on producing a bid with no guarantee of return. Yeah, it's a difficult situation. And what is the alternative, though, to this type of bidding process if the Conservative government can be convinced to change tack? I mean, it's interesting. There is There are some signs that, uh, obviously, we've had quite a bit of changeover in a number of key government departments in recent years, um, mm-hmm. and certainly in the last 18 months. Michael Gove, who, who took over as Living Up Secretary initially, probably a couple of years ago now, and was then out of office for a while and has, has recently returned under, under Rishi Sunak, he has spoken uh, quite critically about certain aspects of, of this way of allocating funding to the competitive bidding processes. And, and that's interesting going forward if he remains in that in, in post as the Secretary of State for, for levelling up and housing for an extended period. It suggests that there may be a rethink of this based on perhaps his own opinion, which I'm sure is informed by lots of conversations with people in local government. Mm. But, you know, the alternative, I suppose, would be using um, kind of tried and tested formula like the index of deprivation and allocating funding in quite a kind of formulaic way based Mm. on that. So the areas that, and, and which you can see shades of that in what they've done with some of the competitive funding process as we talked about you know the fact that some councils were provided funding to put together bids for funding based on their uh, perceived level of of need i mean it's probably important to stress that you know no system is perfect i mean we've spoken to councils and, and and mps who particularly in rural areas stressed that when funding was done by by that kind of formula method rather than by the bidding process yeah. they always felt that the metrics that were used favoured urban areas over rural areas um, yep. in that instance as well. And by that method, it's worth pointing out that the competitive funding process doesn't seem to have addressed that. Our analysis shows okay. that rural, are- rural areas have generally lost out. They would certainly argue that the way that the bids has been assessed has favoured urban areas over mm-hmm. rural and the data bears that out from what we can see. But I think certainly, and what what a lot of regional leaders have, have suggested is that they also need money which is not as kind of ring-fenced around specific ideas that gives them freedom to spend on the things that they know that they need rather than what central mm-hmm. government decides they might need. And they need it over a longer term. You know, levelling up has been, as we've talked about, a kind of core idea of British politics for, you know, probably three years now. But, uh, mm-hmm. but many in local government feel that if this is a serious ambition... It needs to be something that's looked at over a time period of kind of 10, 20 years to really start to bring these areas up to scratch in terms of infrastructure, in terms of skills and and these other things that are so crucial to this agenda. So I think what local authorities really want is some certainty over their funding in the long term and much more freedom to make decisions themselves about what they do with that funding. Here's another clip from the same select committee where Andy Burnham, mayor of Greater Manchester, talks about what he believes needs to happen. So in the autumn statement, the government very helpfully pointed to the idea of a single settlement that it is considering for Greater Manchester and and the West Midlands Combined Authority as part of the um, the Trailblazer deal. So in effect, a block grant similar to uh, Scotland and Wales, where there is much greater flexibility um, to to use that, that funding. But as Tracy said before, it absolutely should come with strong accountability. Uh, and I would be more than happy to attend any select committee of the House to, to account for delivery against the outcomes that we hopefully will jointly agree with the government. So I, I would say that 
is exciting if Whitehall is showing uh, its willingness to change and move towards funding of that kind. It, it would mean we're all much focused on, more focused on delivery rather than bidding. And that can only be a good thing. And we'd use public money better. I think at the moment, Whitehall is making town hall waste money. Yeah. That's, what, that's, that's what bidding does. Whereas we need to be working towards a system where everyone doesn't have to plead for money. Everywhere should get funding more based on, on, on needs, I, I would say. Uh, and that, I think, is, is, is a big change that, that, that really should come through. And how has the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities responded to the criticisms? There hasn't been a great deal of response, I suppose. Mm. You know, as I've mentioned, Michael Gove had almost kind of proactively come out and, and, and criticised aspects of, of this method in the past. Mm. That was during mm. his previous tenure. Um, he's now come mm. back to the department. I know that the certainly the Leveling Up Housing and Communities Select Committee has and is running uh, an inquiry into levelling up funding, which um, has, has taken a lot of evidence about among other things, the, the competitive bidding process. And, and mm. much of that has been highly critical of the kind of town against town nature of yeah. it, so to speak. I mean, um, you know, the government is obviously keen to stress that at the heart of this is a desire to see local government's ideas kind of, I suppose, checked, really, and tested against a set of criteria that the government decides is aligned with their priorities, mm-hmm. with, you know, what, what they would certainly say is, has at its kind of heart, a wish to make sure that money isn't being spent in the wrong places, uh, or in the wrong way, perhaps, so to speak, you know. And, and I think that's a, that's a goal that is not entirely invalid. Yeah. We're, we're talking about, you know, billions of pounds of, of taxpayer money. There have been in the past instances where, where local authorities, you know, have not utilize the money available to them um, in the best possible ways so you know there is a, there is that side to this but certainly i would imagine that any further funding that that is um kind of put out there under this leveling up umbrella may have less of a competitive element to it mm-hmm. the live question now really i suppose is to what extent the current administration still feels that you know leveling up and the, the concrete kind of political goals that we've come to associate with that idea are actually still a priority for them. And that I think many people believe that that's, that remains to be seen. You know, it may be that the only real lasting kind of remnant of that that agenda and, and all that rhetoric is the fact that we, we have a, a department in government called the Department for Leveling Up, which in years yeah. to come uh, perhaps doesn't really have much of a, a focus on that as an idea anymore. But, but that remains to be seen. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking exactly. They'll be um, upset that they changed the heading on all the paper, etc. <laughs> More money wasted. <laughs> okay, I think this is a story that's going to keep running. Anyway, Ethan, thank you for joining me today. You can find a series of articles around the story as well as video content on nationalworld.com. I'll be back again soon with more analysis of the stories that matter.